Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Centers. Welcome back to another edition of the Sin City Sports Show presented by IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. We're back at it again as always every Tuesday evening Pacific Standard Time where we talk anything Vegas sports because this is IE Vegas, the Sin City Sports Show presented by IE Sports Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Kale Henderson. You guys can get at us on our Twitter forums at Sin City underscore IESR at Kale underscore Henderson. Talk anything about Vegas sports. We got a lot to cover today. Uh, Mountain West Conference Tournament is, is underway. Men's and women's team will give you some updates there. Men's team starts tomorrow uh, about midday against Air Force. Uh, the lady, the Lady Rebels are still kicking ass and taking names in the Mountain West Conference. Nothing's changed. They're 29-2. and two. They currently have a lead, and we'll keep you guys up with live updates there. Uh, the Golden Knights made a big trade. We could have lost. Las Vegas could have a Major League Baseball team here very very soon because some big things went down over the weekend or at least over this past couple weeks that would help that that front and then we got to talk about the Raiders um, first we're going to touch base on Derek Carr's new home because the reason why we he's so relevant guys is he was the nine-year vet he's been a mainstay he has a new home and honestly he's an all-time leading passer for the Raiders so it's relevant you know 
we're gonna say goodbye tonight um, but we're gonna we're gonna list where he went to why it's a good thing on top of that we got to talk about the Raiders needs because obviously their biggest most glaring need now is what quarterback can we agree on that quarterback is the biggest need for the Las Vegas Raiders at this point and we're hoping that Josh McDaniels can pull his head out of his ass and uh, get something done because it's kind of hard to believe with the talent he had last year with the quarterback he had the starting wide receiver yes two mainstays were out um, but it was just bad man it just looked like bad play calling from the very beginning and everybody's saying it but Raiders insiders honestly um, I just think guys there, there's too many people that are afraid to say something and upset Josh McDaniels because of the Patriots background and you know sometimes they're just not willing to talk to media but we're not going to do that here we're always going to be real with you folks man I'm not here to be negative I want Josh McDaniels to succeed I want Dave Ziegler to get ex executive of the year it's just kind of hard to see that happening so we're going go to we're gonna go to a quick break here, uh, play some of my favorite teammates' drops, and when we get back, we're going to dive right into Sin City Sports. What's going on, football fans? This is me, Abarlaby, inviting you to join myself, Callum Reynolds, Mike Pat, and John Felipe for one of the most electrifying football shows you have ever heard. Three and out, right here at iSports Radio. Recap of the week before, a preview of what's to come, and of course, three hardcore head-to-head primetime face-offs. Each week, you don't want to miss it. What's happening, sports fans? Are you a fan of Southern California sports? Are you looking for a show hotter than a hot summer day in California? Then look no further than the SoCal Supreme Sports Show, where I talk about all things Southern California sports. That's right, all sports teams from Southern California. From the hard-hitting tackles of the NFL, to the killer crossovers and big three-pointers of the NBA and WNBA, to the grand slams of the MLB, to the bone-chilling goals of the NHL, and to the booming kicks of the MLS, the SoCal Supreme Sports Show has it all for you. Oh, and let us not forget about the college sports as well. So join me, Taryn Rodriguez, every week here on iSports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. What iSports Radio, Fanny? What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sin City Sports Show presented by iSports Radio. Your direct feed for all that is sports. We talk about all things Vegas sports. And before we get into that, guess what? We have to talk about our platform, that lovely platform, IE Sports Radio. Yeah, you guys heard it here first. For the last eight years, IE Sports Radio has been bringing you amazing content, ranging from interviewing legendary athletes to building 
tailor-made shows dedicated to all major sports cities around the country. All the while, we continue to be led, we, we continue to be by the fans, for the fans, and with your help, we are ready to take the next step. When you go to our website, iesportsradio.com, you'll see our Patreon link with five different tiers. The first one starting at just five bucks a month. This donation gets you shoutouts on all 32 of our shows. Higher tiers include IE Sports Radio merchandise access to our podcasting university, and even a chance to be featured on a segment of our flagship show, The Defining Moment. Hosted by the man, the myth, the legend himself, Larry B. Thank you all very much for continuing to make IE Sports Radio your direct feed for all that is sports. And we in it, folks. As always, we're, we're always in it, man. We're always excited. We're, we're happy. We're enthused to talk about our Vegas our Vegas. Uh, sports fan base. For, for for example, you know, we, we got to talk about it. UNLV women's basketball is still killing it. They're up 78-71-68 um, against the Aztecs. It is actually, they just won. I'm, I apologize. It's a final. Uh, the, the UNLV Rebels are 30-2. They're the number one seed in the Mountain West Conference. They are absolutely killing it. I want to say that they've won. Give me one second. They are currently on a 21-game win streak. They started out 9-2, and two, have won 21 straight since then, and they are currently leading the clubhouse when it comes to the Mountain West Conference. Men's basketball, on the other hand, uh, slightly different story. They're the number seven seed in the Mountain West Conference. They take on Air Force tomorrow at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, that'll be on the Mountain West Network. I mean, I I see them winning this first game. I just don't think the Mountain West in, in, in men's basketball is very good. Let's like let's be real. I don't think they're that good, um, but they'll be all right. Mountain West women's, by the way, you know it's not it's not terribly deep. It's not terribly deep, but I can tell you right now, I I think these Mountain West, I think the Lady Rebels could really compete with some of the teams in the major tournament, and um, yeah, I, I think that's what we're looking forward to. I think I think that's what we're heading to. Um, is we're going to see them get a second or third seed, maybe even a fourth seed in the big bracket, and they'll have a, have the ability to really test their uh, lumber lumbar um, when it comes to how they're going to play other teams. I, I just think they score a ton of points, man. Like the first game of this tournament was like 84-47. Okay, they just put up 71 points against a pretty decent Mountain West team. They've had they had a couple hundred point games this season, which is absolutely incredible in college basketball. It's so hard to do, um, not easy at all. Not, not easy at all. And, and somehow these lady rebels were able to do it. So uh, they're on a, or they're on the hunt. They're killing it. Um, yeah, man. I I just don't know how else you, how else you want to describe it. Right now, they're playing their best basketball. They beat San Diego State. They're now awaiting. Let's take a look here. Um, when we look at the bracket, you have to bear with me one second. When we look at the bracket, because we know they're the championship team, right now we're wait, we're awaiting the winner, which it, it's supposed to be going on tonight. That specific game should be going right now. Colorado State and Wyoming, um, which is kind of crazy because actually UNLV played the, played the five seed. Wyoming is the second seed. Colorado State's the third seed. So it was pretty top-heavy this year, it looks like. Um, but UNLV beat San Diego State. They're on to the championship game, the Mountain West championship game. They're awaiting their opponent, Wyoming or Colorado. And that game is underway as we speak. Um, so we'll see what happens from, from – actually, I apologize. That game starts in about 15 minutes. 
So we're going to see by the end of the night who our lovely Lady Rebels ends up playing between those two those two foes, those two Mountain West foes. The good news is we know that they've absolutely dominated these two teams this year. Uh, I, I have a lot of confidence that this that the Lady Rebels pull off this championship victory. Unlike the men's team, um, I, I think the Lady Rebels are absolutely dominant, and it wouldn't surprise me if they went if they won a couple games in the big tournament. Golden Knights had a big trade this this week, guys. If you guys didn't know, if you're living under a rock in Vegas for some reason, and, and you just didn't keep up with this, Jonathan Quick was traded to. Actually, I can't wait to talk about this because we talked about it on the Chi Town Sports yesterday. If you guys get a chance, uh, go listen to Chi Town Weekly. Um, that's hosted by Adam Karnick. He's a lovely host, man. He does a great job here on IE Sports Radio. He's got one of the best radio voices. Uh, does an excellent job putting together shows. He invited me on to talk about draft analysis, uh, analysis uh, players that I think Chicago would, would be great. Um, the situation with Jalen Carter. We talked on all, all that. And at the very end of it, at the very end of the segment, I asked, what did you think about the Jonathan Quick chi- uh, Jonathan Quick trade? Uh, Jonathan Quick is probably going to be a Hall of Fame goalie. He's 37 years old. He's definitely leaving his prime. Uh, but this, this Golden Knights team is very good. They're loaded. And they really just need a veteran-type player to step into that goal while guys get healthy because we have multiple goalies on IR right now. Jonathan Quick steps in, provides an immediate void, um, or fills an immediate void, and uh, it might take a little bit for him to mesh and gel with our team. Unfortunately, they lost 2-1 tonight by the Florida Panthers. Florida Panthers are no joke. They're actually a really good team. But as of right now, the Golden Knights still lead the Pacific Division. Here's the thing. You just got to be in the top three of the division to advance to the playoffs and do what you need to do. It's always good to be number one because then you have a home playoff advantage. <coughs> but you can't always... You can't always you know, rest your laurels on that. So we definitely need to see some points. Um, right now, they're still positive 25 points in the point differential. They're 6-2-2 two, and two in their last 10 games. And right now, they're on a one-game losing streak. It is what it is, right? Stuff happens. It's not a huge deal. Um, but we really need Jonathan Quick to get in the fold and get into the fold quick and uh, feel, no pun intended, and feel very comfortable with this defensive unit that's in front of them. Because that's going to lead to better scoring results, right? Um, less goals scored by the opponent, likely more transition hockey for the offense. And that makes a huge difference for, for the Golden Knights because that's what they play a lot of. I do still believe Mark Stone. Uh, losing Mark Stone is a big deal. For whatever reason, it's not talked about enough. I think Mark Stone was one of the better players on this team. He was a veteran. He was he was someone that, that was a locker room leader. And he was producing, man. He was like third on, on the team in points scored. Jack Eichel is still killing it. Don't get me wrong, Jack Eichel is doing an excellent job, but he can't do it alone. Uh, we need to see Patriotti and um, all those other guys step up. Uh, William Carlson, we need to see what he was like, you know, the the inaugural Golden Knights year because he he lit up, he lit up the scoreboard, put up a ton of points up um, throughout the NHL season. We need to see more of that from the entire team because they're going to have to be able to help Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick can't be expected to do everything. That's serious. That's I mean that's real. That's real life. That's that's real stuff. We we cannot expect Jonathan Quick at, at 37 years old to carry the team. But we know that it's not a rush. Like, they don't have to play him every game. You currently have cushion. You may be tied for first in the Pacific Division, but what you really need Jonathan Quick for is May, June. Because that's when he's played his best hockey in his career. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's a, a, Nash, he's a Stanley Cup champion king. 
Hopefully he's a Stanley Cup champion Golden Knight this year. And hopefully we see our we see our, our starting goalies get back. No promises, obviously. No promises. But we would definitely like to see that. It would make a huge difference for, for the Golden Knights, having a reliable goalie in there. Again, uh, Jonathan Quick, a couple days ago, wins his Vegas debut. He likely didn't play tonight because they don't want to just throw a bunch on him. Um, so... I think they're making the right calls. I think the Golden Knights are making the right calls. They're getting him acclimated. He's going to be ready for May and June for a playoff run because that's when it matters most, especially in the West Division. Um, that currently, you know, they the Golden Knights may be, may be atop of the Pacific Division. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, they have the, they're tied with the Kings. The Kraken are hot on the heels, right? They're two games behind there. Kraken and Oilers are both two games behind. Let's see here, because right now, it, technically the Kraken and the Oilers are tied for third place with 78 points. I would probably say that the Oilers have the advantage in the tie because of the point differential. I think that they go by that, or maybe it's home wins. I'll have to ask Adam Karnick that, guys. Sorry about that. But I see two teams with a third place finish right now. If, the, if it were to end today, the Golden Knights would be atop the Pacific Division and for sure have home ice. And that's what you want. You want those rabid T-Mobile Arena Vegas fans cheering on your Golden Knights, buzzard, all the celebrities coming out, making a ton of noise uh, that gives them an advantage. Because what we've seen from the Golden Knights is, you know, four out of their five years, this will be their fifth year, I should say, three out of the first four years, they made the playoffs. Two out of the three, uh, two out of the three years they made the playoffs, they made it to the Stanley Cup final. And it's because they were top of their division each each of those years. I think that Vegas home ice advantage does make a difference for our Vegas Golden Knights. I think Vegas fans are rabid. I think they love sports. And I think this is the first team that they, they ever had. And I think it means something to the town of Vegas. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it's the first professional team that Vegas ever had. So... I just feel like they're a bit more passionate with this team right now than others. Are they huge Raiders fans? Yes. I think the Raiders fan base, the Raider Nation in general, is just massive. Um, I think Allegiant Stadium is a big tourist attraction at this point, and it's largely the Raiders' fault. We'll talk about that. It's Mark Davis's fault, really, because he can't seem to make the right decisions and, and put winning teams together with some of the people he hires. If Vegas is going to be relevant, if it's going to be home field advantage in Vegas, the Raiders are going to have to be winning. That's the reality. It's not like the Oak Coliseum where win or lose, it was going to be the black hole. No, no, no. This is business. They wanted that four-plus billion-dollar valuation. They got to win. The Vegas Golden Knights have done nothing but win since their inaugural season. They're an absolute blueprint for expansion teams. And honestly, the, the Seattle Kraken right now are in third place. And I think a lot of it has to do with that, that blueprint that the Golden Knights laid out. I think the Kraken have done a great job of emulating that. 
they're in their second year and they're kicking ass and taking names as well. I mean, the fact that they're in third place in their second year and they're competing for a playoff spot is huge. Tells you they're developing well, they're using their draft picks well, and they used those expansion draft picks very well because, as you know, in the NHL, you could basically pick the sixth best player off of every team. And if they some if that team somehow talks you out of taking that sixth best player, they can do so with draft picks and maybe uh, draft picks and maybe a, a lower guy in on the roster or maybe someone in their um, farm team that that the Kraken really liked. They just did a really good job of taking advantage of that situation like Vegas did in their inaugural season five years ago, where they took the sixth best player on each roster or amassed draft picks. What they do with those amassed draft picks? They turned around and traded them and used them as ammo to bring on better players for this Golden Knights team to be a competitive team day one. And it's been that way for four out of the five years. Again, last year, if it wasn't for injuries, this Golden Knights team is likely in the playoffs. This Golden Knights team likely wins the Pacific Division. Their entire team, or I should say half of their team, missed half of their games last year. So they got half production. They still finished fourth place. That's how good this Golden Knights team is. That's how good I believe the coaching was last year. And it's starting to carry over into this year. We just need the team to stay healthy. We need the team to stay healthy. It's absolutely crucial. We're going to go play some drops because I got some teammates. I, I really want to shine some, some light on, especially our next drop um, from Chi-Town Weekly, Adam Karnick. I'm telling you guys, go listen to his show. It's one of the best ones out there. When we get back, we're going to talk Major League Baseball expansion, the possibility of an expansion, because a couple steps took place over this last week that may have advanced the situation even better. We'll talk more about more about that when we get back here on the Sin City Sports Show, presented by IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. Sports fans, do you like teams that are tough, cities that are tougher, and fan bases that are passionate about their teams? How about teams that are historic and stadiums that are iconic? Then you belong in Chicago, and you need to check out Chi-Town Weekly. Join me, Adam Kernan, every week as we keep up with all things Chicago sports. Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, Cubs, White Sox. We'll cover them all, plus more. The Windy City is always buzzing, and we'll keep you up on all the big games and major stories. So tune in to Chi-Town Weekly every week right here on IE Sports Radio. Your direct feed for all that is sports.
up, everybody? This is Taryn Rodriguez. Are you a fan of volleyball? Are you a fan of Thunderous Spikes? Then I have the show for you. Set Point, where I cover NCAA men's and women's volleyball, high school boys and girls volleyball, beach volleyball, and even professional volleyball. Catch the action every week here on IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. It's your boy, Marcus Los Great. Here to give you what you want. Here to give you what you need. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming to you live. Straight from your mama's basement with a crispy, crispy white tea. <laughs> Coming to you live every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Powered by IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. Centers, welcome back to the Sin City Sports Show, presented by IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports, where we talk all things Vegas sports here on IE Vegas, the Sin City Sports Show, presented by IE Sports Radio. I'm your host, Cal Henderson. You guys can get at us on our Twitter forums, at Sin City underscore IESR, and get, me, get at me on my personal, at Kale underscore Henderson, where we talk all things Raiders, where we're right most of the time, by the way. Um, I know a lot of people don't want to believe that, but I can't wait for this show in our Twitter sphere to start catching more traction because we, we seem to just be on all cylinders when it comes to our football team, the NFL in general as a business. I think one of the reasons why we are consistently, um, I would say 80% of the time, uh, spot on with what's about to happen in the league. I think the reason why is one, we have great study habits here at, at IE Vegas. The other thing is we treat the NFL like it's a business because it is, it's an absolute business. I'm not here to get in with with the players' feelings and all that stuff, I'm just realistic, man. I'm here. I'm here to speak about facts. Okay, 
I'm, for example, with Derek Carr. We're going to touch base on him in here in a little bit. With Derek Carr, the guy didn't really have much around him. Okay. Yes, he did have Hunter Renfro, Devontae Adams, and Darren Waller for like three games this year. Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller out for nine games. They had one of the worst offensive lines. Believe it or not, Sam Munson's an absolute idiot, so don't listen to him. There's no way they were a top five offensive line. It, top ten, I should say that. They were one of the worst pass-protecting offensive lines in the league by far. Their stats from Sam Munson are absolutely inflated because of Josh Jacobs' success this year. And what nobody talks about is the dude's average contact was like half a yard upfield. And the dude had 1,100 yards after contact. 1,100 yards. So if his early contact was 0.5 yards, it means he was dragging dudes or making a miss for most of the year. And there's really no excuse, man. They've been horrible defenses. That's facts. There's no excuses here. It's being real. The Raiders have been inept and we're gonna we're gonna go on a crash course of what they need to do to get out of that coming up before we get into that we got to talk about major league baseball expansion expansion to las vegas we seem to be at a point where some things could get really real here because rob manfred has done one of two things he's provided a deadline because he would like to know promptly if there's going to be a team in 2024 in Las Vegas. So he's got a 2024 deadline. He says this year's a crucial year. Legitimately, the Las Vegas area was denied $182 million in federal funding that would have been directed toward a new stadium project. It is well known that the Oakland A's owner, you guys heard it here, and I got this straight from The Athletic if you guys want to take a look at it. This corroborates everything that I've seen as far as, you know, it was posted January 18th by Andy McCullough. Pardon me. Every time I go mute, I apologize, guys. I'm fighting the end of a cold. I'm coughing a little bit. Bear with me here. I apologize. So if you hear brief breaks, it's because I don't want you guys to have to hear that crap because it's nasty. Um, but here's the thing. John Fisher is the owner of the Oakland A's. John Fisher has been looking to have a new stadium solution, especially since the Raiders left Oakland. But they've been looking for a new stadium solution for almost a decade in Oakland. And that labor, that uh, absolute joke of a mayor, Libby Schaefe, in Oakland, who didn't want to keep the Raiders, which was a huge piece of revenue for that for that city, is, is not willing to really pony up the dough to help get Oakland a new ballpark. Which makes no sense. So the team has also been locked in perpetual negotiations with the city of Oakland over a proposed $12 billion ballpark and development project at Howard Terminal in Jack London Square neighborhood. In other words, it's not just the ballpark. The ballpark would probably cost $1.2 billion. It's probably one that could close and open so that they can host games late in the year if they ever get relevant like that. On top of that, there's probably going to be a mall, hotels. I mean, legitimate business districts and, and housing districts almost to make this entire area like a tourist area when people come to see Oakland A's games or just in general travel throughout the year in Oakland because it's usually nice all year round being in that San Francisco Bay area. And nobody has been willing to... to uh, cooperate with that and the big thing is and what nobody wants to talk about 
is the owner of the Oakland A's, John Fisher, is willing to front $1 billion of his own money to build a stadium, to build a ballpark. The other $11 billion obviously would have to come from the city and federal funding and, and, and donors. I get that. But that's not a huge deal when you think about all of the things you could be doing to better Oakland. Because if we're being honest, Oakland in a lot of ways is a shit show. It is what it is, man. It looks low-income based. There's a lot of really legendary things that go on there, especially from the sports perspective. But almost every one of their teams is looking to leave at this point. The Raiders have left. The um, Warriors left because they used to be in Oakland, right? Right across the right across the street from the from the uh, Coliseum. Right across the bridge, I should say, from the Coliseum. They're no longer there at Oracle Arena. It's now across the street in San Francisco. They lost them. They lost the Golden State Warriors. They're, they've lost the Oakland Raiders, which brought a ton of revenue to that city year in, year out, whether they were winning or not. And now they're about to... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Now they're about to lose their baseball team. That mayor is an absolute joke. There's no way she gets voted back in. In her mind, it's like, well, I don't want to cost my taxpayers... More money than they're already cost. I get that. Okay, fine. I can see that point of view. That's great for voting. But this is a this is a big business thing. This is something that the Raiders and the A's were trying to team up to come up with the type of money. And and the NFL was willing to pitch in as well as Major League Baseball to see both teams stay there. They were going to tear down stadiums and put brand new ones up. So that way people weren't walking in filth, piss, shit when they when they have to go to the bathroom or the games are full. Because that was the reality. There was legit floaters in Oakland Coliseum during Raiders games. And the plumbing wasn't much different over at the Oakland A's area. Maybe it was better because they, they don't average, they average less than 10,000 fans per game. But regardless, that's the point. They share a stadium. It's nasty. It's filthy. It's run down. And all the Raiders and A's were trying to do is get something new. And the city just hasn't been cooperative. So Rob Rob Manfred, the Major League Baseball commissioner, has basically said he has a 2024 deadline. But one thing that Rob Manfred has done, which I think is absolutely incredible, he's noted that this year's a crucial year. He's telling the athletics that they need to have a kind of a decision made by for the winter meetings. 
and he, he informed Las Vegas that he would waive any relocation fees, which would cost hundreds of millions of dollars if the team were to move to Las Vegas. You have an owner willing to invest $1 billion into a new ballpark. It'll never be as cool as Allegiant. No possible way. But if they could get something... <coughs> pardon me. If they could get something close to the Arizona Diamondbacks ballpark, I'm telling you guys, which is gorgeous, they can, they can remove the roof at any time and be outside, especially in that desert heat. It's going to be a legit place for people to come play. And then the overall, like, worth of the team is going to jump from, like, $700 million to billions of dollars in, in overnight because of the ability to sell tickets. And honestly, the A's are used to having less than 10,000 fans. If they can fill an entire ballpark of 40,000 fans, whether they're visitors or not, it's just It just means money for Major League Baseball. It means a ton of money for the Oakland A's. And it, it also means you're going to get better because the baseball is slightly different. They don't have a cap, necessarily. They don't have a cap. The richer teams can spend more on players. Oakland A's can be now be more competitive. Instead of being one of the worst teams, roster-wise, and payroll-wise in Major, Major League Baseball, they can be more competitive. Maybe this move moves into the middle of the pack. They were doing damage with payroll that was always in the last quarter of Major League Baseball. Imagine what they could do if they had payroll that puts them up in the upper echelon. I'm just saying it's something to think about. So those are big things. I think Rob Manfred really wants something to happen for the A's. He wants them to be a he wants them to be something relevant long term. And a move to Sin City would do that. Because we've seen it with all the other teams. Look at the Raiders. The Raiders were worth $970 million before moving to Las Vegas. Now they're worth like $4.97 billion in just three years. And that's including a COVID year too, by the way. That move to Vegas meant the world to that Raiders franchise. And they're not cash poor like you think. They're really not. Not like people have been saying. Mark Davis has money. He had enough disposable income to just go buy a WNBA team. I'm sure it wasn't that expensive. Relatively inexpensive compared to other forums. But yeah, I mean, he had the money to do it. He had the cash to do it. And they've won an NBA title, WNBA title. At least he can put a winning program together there, right? Which leads me to my next thing. We are going, this is a crucial year for, for the Las Vegas Raiders. Because this is one of those years where they have to have a long-term plan in place. They need it to draft a quarterback or sign a quarterback long-term. Hot button topic. <coughs> Lamar Jackson was placed on the non-transition, non-exclusive transition tag. What does this mean? Lamar Jackson can shop deals with other teams. What the Ravens have the ability to do is try to match the offer. If they can't match the offer to keep Lamar Jackson, the team that is in agreed in principle and has the money that Lamar Jackson wants would have to give up two first-round picks to get him and pay Lamar his extension. 
I believe the Ravens could have gotten more, but this is a safe bet. At least you know you're going to walk away with two future first-round picks. And if this happens soon, you have a team at this point that would have multiple first-round picks this year and the ability to trade up and go get their boy. Like, what if what if they think this offense was built around Lamar Jackson and Anthony Richardson's very similar, just bigger, probably more durable, more muscular. It's already built around a, rolling, a, a running quarterback. What if they think they could take those two first-round picks from that from that team that Lamar's traded to and go get their guy this year? They start all over. They're on a rookie contract, and they can build around him because the Ravens have done an excellent job of doing that for years. Food for thought. And with that being relation to the Raiders, because that non-transition tag, non-exclusive transition tag is involved, The Raiders are actually in play for Lamar Jackson now, if they want to be. Because two first-round picks, this year's number seven, which would be a big one for the the Ravens, by the way, and next year's 2024 first-round pick, that would absolutely be worth it for the Raiders. They get their franchise guy. They build around Lamar Jackson, which they'd have to do a lot of building because there's a ton of holes, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And he would be a superstar in a Raiders uniform. Like, Raiders fans would fall in love with him immediately. I've seen dudes and, and analysts and um, reporters of the team, they, they said they would just love to see an African-American quarterback at the helm. It would look great in a Raiders uniform because the Raiders have always been a very progressive team. They've always been a, a team that is always looking further than that. And Mark Davis loves superstars as well. I don't think Lamar Jackson would be a fit in this offense. And as you can see from what we saw last year with Derek Carr, unless he was blatantly sabotaging Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels doesn't adjust very well to the quarterback talent he has. If he did, we would have seen a lot of short, deliberate throws last year instead of very long, progressive throws. Just saying. Can we trust Josh McDaniels to build around Lamar? He'd have to. Lamar's going to get $50 million a year. He's a, he's a former MVP. He has some injury issues. Knowing the Raiders, they'd probably front load that contract. Maybe be a five-year contract. Basically give him three guaranteed. I'm just saying. They have 12 draft picks this year. I mean... They're kind of in position where they could kind of offload some things. They have a few players that they know that they can rework their deals because they have almost no cap space or no money going into next year's cap. The Raiders have over like $120 million in cap space next year. Max Crosby's deal, um, Chandler Jones, if they wanted to, they could rework that and basically create a voidable year. Colton Miller, all big contracts. Hunter Renfro, if they wanted to. All big contracts, they could advance the money, cash up front, lower their cap space, and it would allow for big moves to happen. I'm sure Devontae Adams would do the same thing. Devontae's trying to win. And he's going to want a guy like Lamar that can help open up the offense. So it's not off the table. That's positive news for the Raiders fan base. Do I think it happens? No. 
I think there's way too many damn holes in this roster for the Raiders to be able to afford a $33 million quarterback, Derek Carr, let alone a $50 million quarterback, Lamar Jackson. I think ultimately the Raiders end up drafting a player. And I have a mock draft on our on our personal and on the um, Sin City Sports forum profile page. Did one earlier today. I won't lie to you. I traded back to 11 because it was there. It was an A-plus trade with the Titans. They went up and got their guy. Cool. I get it. They went up and got their guy. We traded back. We got multiple picks. A second and a fifth round pick for trading back a few spots. So 11, second, fifth round pick, and I think it was like a third round pick next year. We were still able to get Will Levis. I had some Joe Blow in the comments say, uh, like, he'll be there. We don't know that. Will Levis is the fourth best quarterback prospect in this draft, arguably. And he looks like a Raider already, man. He's got quick zip. He's deliberate. Um, strong arm. I think it just comes out effortlessly, to be honest with you. There were some, there's some guys that, that I think are just really pushing for C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson so badly that they don't recognize how seamless Will Levis throws the football. I mean, it's just it's effortless, dude. And he's got zip on every throw. He's got a cannon, dude. Like, Mel Kuyper knows what he's talking about. Not all the time, but he knows what he's talking about. And Will Levis can effortlessly throw the ball. He's got good size. He's about 6'3", 230 pounds. Largely durable. Had a down year last year. The offensive line was absolutely horrible at Kentucky. He got creamed. Year before, he looked great. Will Levis wouldn't be a, wouldn't be a terrible project. I wouldn't start him year one if he didn't have to. But it gives you something to look forward to. With the extra draft picks, I also drafted you know, what I think is an athletic freak. Um, Abed Awar, um, he's out of Northwestern. He's like six foot three, 280 pounds. The guy ran like a four, six, five, 40 and had like a 10 and a half inch broad jump. So he's explosive. He's a rare, <coughs> pardon me, I'm sorry. He's a rare athlete that we don't ever see in a Raiders uniform. He's smart because he's a Northwestern football player. I love it. I think it's a great draft pick. I think he'd be a great project. He doesn't have to start right away if you want him to be an end because you have Max Crosby and you have Chandler Jones. Doesn't mean he couldn't be a three technique, right? Just scoot into that defensive tackle right next to the strong side defensive end. Be a great spot for him. An absolute great spot for him. For year one. I wouldn't rest my laurels on it. He's, he's more of a project, and I know he's the number 40 pick in this situation. Sorry, the number 38 pick, but... This Raiders draft is going to be about, you know, finding a guy upside that you can plug and play as soon as you possibly can. We also have to think about development. Um, I picked up Jack Campbell at number 41, the best linebacker in, in the nation this year. With uh, Denzel Perriman likely not coming back, I mean, he'd be a perfect fill-in. He'd be a rookie. He just looks like a Patriot, so to me, he looks like a Raider now. Okay? Eli Ricks, um, Alabama product. They love Alabama products. This guy. Just saying, I mean, it look, it, it, he looks like a corner that could easily play in the NFL. And the Raiders badly need corners. Let's talk about that. What are the Raiders' biggest needs right now? After Derek Carr's departure, after that uh, 
abysmal year last year, led by Mark Davis, Dave Ziegler, and the embarrassing uh, Josh McDaniels, who's 17-28 and 28 as head coach. What are the Raiders' biggest needs? I'll say it like this. As of right now, the quarterback is the number one need. It's huge. Without a quarterback, you're in trouble. That's the reality. Without a quarterback, there's nothing you could do. We've seen it. At this point, I have no faith in what they're trying to do from a schematic standpoint without Tom Brady. And I think we're finding that out. Will Levis would be in trouble right now with this roster. So they have to build. So what are the needs? Quarterback is the blatant number one. Blatant number one. The next one would be offensive tackle. While, the, while I like Thayer Mumford, and I think Jermaine Illuminor did a really good job the last 15 games of the season, he didn't allow a sack for 15 games for that matter. It was always the interior pressure for that matter. Um, they need they need a true bookend tackles, man. Like, that's crucial. They need interior offensive line help because I think Andre James is, is a waste of space. I shouldn't say that. He's not very good. It's that simple. Him and Alex Barr struggled massively last year. So we need to do what, what most people thought was going to happen anyway. Move Dylan Parham inside to center. Draft two guards or sign a guard and draft a guard. Like, get your starters. Draft depth for that matter. The way I have it set up in my, my mock is there's all kinds of depth because there's like 14 picks. The Raiders can do that. They can build for the future by doing that. But I won't lie to you. My first, let's see here. One, two, three, four, five. Four out of the five first picks are all defense because we need it so bad. Our defense is one of the worst in the league every single year. Uh, round five is Trey Palmer, Zach Kuntz, um, probably a project that tied in, but he's like 6'6", 260 pounds out of Old Dominion. A guard, North Carolina State, because we really need someone who could come in and push the pile. Eric Gray, running back out of Oklahoma, experienced runner in a power run system. Ricky Stromberg, experienced center. If you don't feel comfortable moving Dylan Parm inside, you can always use Dr Ricky Stromberg because he's from Arkansas. He's a Sam Witt, um, Sam Witt product because they do a great job with the offensive line in Arkansas. Keep Dylan at left guard and let Ricky Stromberg step in. I also drafted Muhammad Ibrahim. Experienced runner in between the tackles. Kind of a Patriots, Josh McDaniels type fit. Responsible for 20 rushing touchdowns last year for Minnesota. Everyone knew Minnesota was going to run the ball, and the guy still scored, still had 1,600 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, and 20 rushing touchdowns. There was no threat in throwing the football last year for Minnesota. Yet this guy rushed for 20, 20 touchdowns. I have no idea how I got him in round six. I think he goes higher because he is a stud. But I like having 
two extra running backs on this roster because I still don't know if Josh or Josh Jacobs is going to be on this roster. If you franchise him, I think someone would try to trade for him for a third-round pick. And I think Dave Ziegler and them would do it because you have Zamir White. You have Britton, the seventh-round pick from last year. If you have a quality roster and great offensive line, these drafted backs look like geniuses. Look at Pacheco last year for the Chiefs. He had a top five rushing offensive line. What happened? He ran for 1,200 yards his rookie year and won a Super Bowl. It's possible, man. You don't have to pay con running back second contracts. It's that simple. It is that simple. But I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the layout of the running back land anymore. I picked Jake Bobo out of UCLA for for a wide receiver because we're going to need replacements. Um, Matt Collins might be back. We don't know. Hunter Renfro <coughs> might get traded. And then TJ Bass. I picked another tackle prospect. It's just. There's so many needs for the Raiders. Quarterback being one. Offensive line. Multiple offensive linemen being two. Defensive backs. We are so hurting for defensive backs, it's not even funny. Interior defensive line. And linebackers. Like, we legit need somebody at almost every level. We legit need somebody at every level. <laughs> And that's on Dave Ziegler. That's on Josh McDaniels. It's also on the previous regime for, for being so bad at drafting picks. It is what it is, man. That's just the reality of the situation the Raiders are in right now. So, with that said... <laughs> that's the needs. I have my mock draft posted. I think it's an excellent mock draft. It got an A-plus from PFF. Yeah, there's some like sketchy picks that are probably more upside guys, but I think it's a young class that would come in and really reshape what the Raiders look like. And they need it. Because right now they look like they're last in the division as far as the roster is concerned. With Derek Carr there, they're, they're competing for second. Because he seems, he seems to have had the, the Chargers number the last two years when it matters most. I'm just saying, man. They gave up a lot. We'll see if they can recover. I understand a reset was needed. It was healthy for both sides. But that's the reality, dude. You got to find a replacement for Derek Carr that is better. It is unacceptable otherwise. Period. And build a roster around this quarterback. Build a defense. There hasn't been a good defense in a Raiders uniform for more than 10 years. Last decade, the Raiders were voted the worst defense in the league. Last nine years, they've been ranked 32nd in the league overall. That's pathetic. No quarterback is winning. Not Lamar Jackson, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, Aaron Rodgers. None of those guys are winning a Super Bowl with the defenses that have been put on the field by the, the Raiders. And it's been embarrassing. To say the least. That simple. Turning our head, we're going to say happy trails to our former quarterback. 
We'll end the show on this guy. He deserves it. For weeks, we've been talking about Derek Carr rumors and where he might end up. For weeks, we've been saying NFC South. We think he ends up in the NFC South. I have been steadfast in saying Carolina. The New Orleans Saints are always third on my list, though. They happen to always be Derek Carr's number one team, apparently, if the reports are true. I thought Carolina was a great spot for him because one, warm weather climate. Two, excellent defense, young defense. They're going to be able to create cap space. But maybe Frank Reich and them guys are tired of the veteran quarterback thing that they had to go through in Indianapolis, and they're like, let's just draft our guy. That's cool. I get it. Also, to something to keep an eye on. If Carolina doesn't sign somebody in the offseason, don't be surprised if Carolina tries to draft to move up and draft. They have an additional second, third-round pick, and I think a fourth-round pick this year from the uh, McCaffrey trade. They have ammo. Going from 9-3, to three, because you know that the Bears are going to try and trade out, going from 9-3 to three or, or 9-4, to, nine to four, not out of the ordinary. I personally think the Colts trade up to 1, Bears go to 4, and then you have three teams that are probably going to compete, be competing for the number 4 overall pick. Texans have their pick of the litter right now. And I think they'd be happy with Bryce Love or C.J. Stroud. But someone's going to compete for that number one pick. And right now, I think it's the Colts. I think the Colts trade up to one, get their guy of the future. Bears fall to four, and then you have the the Raiders and uh, the Carolina Panthers essentially competing for that number four overall pick. And why not? The Bears don't even have to do that. The Bears don't even have to do that. The Bears could just sit there and be like, you know what, we got draft compensation, we'll just take Will Anderson. Or whoever the best available defensive player is. I think the Cardinals take Will Anderson after the Jalen Carter situation. But it is what we'll see what happens. But there's going to be competition for that number four overall pick. That's so true to be said. Because I, I just don't see the Bears staying at one. I think they trade out with the, with the Colts, ultimately. Texans get their quarterback. Colts get their quarterback that they want. And there's there's going to be three there's going to be two quarterbacks left that people are going to be competing for. I'm guessing it's Anthony Richardson and, and Will Levis. Will Levis is the fourth best quarterback, in my opinion, right now. So the number four overall pick could very well be Anthony Richardson. And it's going to be either Carolina Panthers who I think would be great with them. Frank Reich would be amazing with him because he does an excellent job with quarterback development. Or it's going to be the Raiders. For some reason, Will Levis just looks like a Raider. I I hate to say it, but it's the truth. But it is what it is, man. The Raiders got to go after it. Derek Carr is signed with the New Orleans Saints. So just kind of going back to circling back, We've said for weeks that the the Jets were intriguing because they had such a talented young team. But the NFC South is where Derek Carr, we thought he was going to land no matter what. There's just almost no competition there. No matter which team you went to, you're winning the division for at least the first two years. I think Derek is smart. He understands he's probably got three or four really good years left in him if he takes care of his body and doesn't get hurt. Two for sure. Especially with this roster. It's a very veteran-laden roster. 
Load it up, man. And the contract was so favorable. It's essentially a two-year, $60 million contract. Two years guaranteed. Um, his his base salary this year is $1.8 million. They're going to cut Jameis. Andy Dalton's a free agent. Um, they're likely going to rework deals for Cameron Jordan, those guys. And it would be who of them to do that, so that way they can get some people on the roster and compete. Mickey Loomis and that ownership are not afraid to spend cash up front to bring in guys. I think this this Derek Carr signing does a lot for the Saints. It allows them to pick the best available player, and it allows them to load up where they need them to need to load up, and go get guys they want to go get. Marcus Lattimore. Um, I hope that they find something to do with with Mike Thomas as far as his his contract because. Right now he's due $22 million. They made it a contract that's like a one-year contract, essentially, with Derek Carr in the fold and his excitement on Twitter. Maybe he helps the team out. He's got his money. He's had three years of, of his extension. And he's probably thinking, man, having a quarterback's better than not. Maybe he'll help the team out. Right? Marcus Lattimore, we already talked about him. Um... Alvin Kamara, all four of those guys, Demario Davis, all five of those guys, they could re, they could redistribute their their mon, uh, salary cap into bonus money, and shorten the cap, like like gain like they can get into the positive. They're right now they're like 30 million in negative, I think. They could get into the positive by like plus 30 million by reworking those contracts, like they do every single year, with voidable years at the end. It's about guaranteed money, man. That's all these players care about. And they should. And the reality is, if the Saints can continue to work it that way and they want to continue to rebuild, let them. Because I trust the Saints as a team that, that could take that $30 million in cap space and really add two or three difference makers on their roster that will want to come play for the Saints. They had the number five defense last year. I currently see a slight drop-off because they're going to lose a couple of free agents couple t uh, players of free agency, but it doesn't mean they can't reload in the draft. It's highly possible. Because Mickey Loomis and them do a great job drafting. But using that $30 million to go out and get guys in free agency, I trust nobody better. Because they, they just don't miss on, on free agent signings anymore, man. This team's competitive every year, and, and they've just been riddled with injuries. Um, so yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. I think Derek Carr, it's a great situation for him. He's going to win right away. They're going to win the division next year. I think they win at least 11 games. Looking at the schedule, I think they win at least 11 games, putting them in great position, right? Putting them in great position to be competitive. If you win your division, you host a playoff game. Derek Carr is bad in the cold weather, right? Well, he doesn't have to worry about that week one of the playoffs if he's playing in a dome, Mercedes Superdome, in January. And good for him. He leveraged the situation. He's got eight, I think he's got 14 of his 18 games are in a dome next year. Great for him. And they got a lot of things they can do. A ton of things. So, with that said, guys, I'm going to close the show. Very sorry we went over a little bit. Um, but you guys know how it is, man. We get, we get tuned up. Congratulations to Derek Carr. Happy trails. Moving forward, I got to focus on the Raiders. He's no longer a Raider. We love him. We appreciate him. Um, he did an excellent job for the Raiders with what he could. He's not absolved of fault. He definitely should have played better in certain situations. But at the same time, he wasn't really giving him much. And I think anybody that knows anything 
knows that. It's so funny out there how Raiders fans and, and Raiders reporters are like, well, he wasn't that great. And then you got the perception around the NFL is, well, we want this guy to be our quarterback, especially the Saints. Derek Carr is a bad player, but oh. <coughs> Hearing from other teams, oh no, he can ball. Aaron Jones said it on Good Morning Football today. He goes, is it just the Raiders fans? Is it just the Raiders mantra? Or can Derek Carr play? Aaron Jones goes, Derek Carr can play. Straight up. NFL players just know, man. Keyshawn Johnson's known for years. It's just drama. That's all it is. Carr's a good player. I hope we get his replacement. I hope I hope AR-15 ends up being on the roster. I'm so intrigued by that. I really am. A 6'4", 240-pound quarterback that runs a 440, 4'4", like that, that opens up your playbook tremendously. I just find it to be incredible. And I, I hope we see it. I think it would be something that would be interesting, especially if they can utilize his skills. That's it for this week, guys. You guys tune in every Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here on the Sin City Sports Show, presented by IE Sports Radio, your direct feed for all that is sports. I'm your host, Kale Henderson. You guys can get at us on our Twitter forums, at Sin City underscore ISR, at Kale underscore Henderson, where we talk all things Vegas sports. Until next time, until next week. Love, peace, and hair grease, folks.